GeekOneOfUs.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel. You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. From the depths of pop culture, like the beast's unimaginable obsession, we have on the podcast of this is the Giganticast! Never gets old. Um, yep. <laughs> say woo. I don't think it's gonna pick that up. Um, all right. Well, uh, don't it's... tell me how to woo. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a little while since our last episode. Who am I kidding? It's been a while between all of our episodes. Um, yep. I'm your host, Matt Frank, here on One of Us .net, and uh, my little show, my little dog and pony show, the Gigantic Cast, which is all about. The stuff that I like, which usually involves things that are gigantic and probably from Japan. Uh, so, uh, with me, I have my uh, first returning guest, aside from Christopher Cox. Uh, it is uh, Mr. Toshi Nakamura, all the way over hello. from Japan. Hello, 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, always, uh, always a pleasure to have you, and uh, of course we just, um, we just saw each other very briefly uh, mm-hmm. in Tokyo a few weeks ago. And... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, dogs being silly, and uh, also for the first time on micro on, on on our microphone on a on our audio recording device, we have the Ot Six. I don't know. I'm trying to make a trying to make an old timey reference. Voxophone. That's it. <laughs> um, we have um, my wife, my wife, Morgan Frank. Say hi, Morgan. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> Hopefully, she won't be that quiet the entire recording. Don't tell me how to do. <laughs> well, I've been chastised <laughs> two times already, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, you know, we're we're basically we're doing this a little late because we wanted to do a follow up to uh, our trip to to- Tokyo that we had in July, in late July, um, which uh, I headed over there specifically for a couple of job related things. We had we had Wonder Festival. Uh, and then, uh, I had a signing while I was there as well, because we were promoting a limited release of Godzilla Rulers of Earth, um, the Japanese edition of the comic, which for those of you who don't know me, first of all, hi, for inexplicably listening to this for the first time, and, uh, (laughs) secondly, um, I was the artist, uh, on the Godzilla comic series from IDW for about two years, still doing art for them occasionally, we just had the new book come out stateside, uh, Godzilla Rage Across Time, which has some boss Japanese uh, translations and help uh, from Toshi here. Yep. <laughs> I remember you, you You contacted me. It's like, yeah, um, you speak Japanese, right? You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you know them. You know the moon speak and the chicken scratches, right? <laughs> Yeah, which which uh, surprises me that like for someone who who loves so much of Japan and frequents you know well, 
yeah, relatively frequently comes over here, how much like you you did not understand Japanese. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, actually, it's funny because I think Morgan probably knows more than I do. Well, well, you you have a little bit more experience with conversational Japanese, and I can say Gojira and Rado and Mosura. <laughs> I, I think you can quote a fair bit that you've picked up from the movies. You always seem to shock and maybe appall some of the people that we meet when we go over there. <laughs> and, yeah, and you also seem to have, like, some really esoteric knowledge. <laughs> so. You know, it is funny. Um, my buddy Tomoya, who's a, who's a big help while um, whenever I'm over there, uh he uh, was uh, one of the guys. He was one of the guys helping me out at Wonder Festival, and uh, he messaged to me one day while I was over there saying that uh, a fan who had come up to get an autograph from me and a, and a little. He also wanted a little mini sketch of the 1954 Godzilla, and yeah. uh, and apparently the fan made a post saying that uh, to try to help me understand what he was saying. He said, "Ah, uh, first Gojira." You know, first Godzilla. You know, it's like like mm-hmm. original Godzilla, and he said it. You know, in English, and I said, "Ah, Shodai Godzilla," and uh, <laughs> apparently that was shocking to him that I even <laughs> knew that term, Shodai, because that means Shodai means like first or original, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just I learned that when I was in high school, and I found a, a, a <laughs> website that had the names of all of the Godzilla suits: Shodai Goji, Gyakushu Goji, uh, Kingu Goji, Mosu Goji, Daisenso Goji. I'm gonna stop because I'm just looking at my shelf at this point. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I just uh, and and Tamoya, uh, my friend, um, put it a really funny way. He said that um, Japanese, the Japanese fan was shocked because he said. How does uh, how does Gaijin know samurai language? <laughs> <laughs> Toshi's a, Toshi's a riot. I don't think you really got to talk to him during the uh, at the movie. Was he at the movie? Was to- Toshi uh, Tomoya? Uh, I don't remember everybody because we had a crowd. We yeah, had, so. he was at the movie. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was. Oh, that's right. He did come because he came with Kojima-san and Kanagawa-san. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, he, we had like what seventeen people. Yeah, it yeah. Was a big group. All together. Yeah, it was a big crowd. Oh yeah. And so speaking of the movie, what what movie was this? Yeah, I was oh. gonna say I got a little off the rails there. The <laughs> yeah. main reason we went. I mean, there was also the incidental uh, uh, that being our work, two, work uh, and yeah, yeah work our two year anniversary and yeah, yeah that, that that's all, that's all side to the to the main the main course. Well, I have a funny anecdote about that, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, okay. So yeah, the main reason we were there was because Shin Gojira, Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Godzilla Resurgence, pick your title. Um, yeah. It came out uh, the last weekend we were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very pleased that, uh, that a large group of people wanted to go with us. And especially pleased that um, you, Toshi, wanted to you know come with us as well. Or I was able to invite oh, you yeah. along with you and your girlfriend. And I was really happy that uh, you guys made it. Because I remember you were messaging me saying like, Oh God, her her shoe broke, and so she can't run. So I'm gonna have to run yeah. ahead of her. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. so, we all were so worried because the way you said it, we thought she yeah. had like torn her ACL or something. <laughs> like, she no, messed up just, her foot. Oh, 
No, it's just, well, it's also had part to do with the fact that, like, I hate to be late for anything. Right. Like, I, I'm real stickler for that, and just like, oh shit, we're, we're, we're gonna be cut, cutting this really close. Yeah. And, yeah, I was really worried about that. So I was just, like, messaging, it's like, guys, you know, go, go ahead, go in the movie, like, if, 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 like, one person can stay in the lobby and, and give me my tickets, then the rest of you, please go ahead, don't meet the, miss the previews, please. And, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was running like a madman, and sweating like a madman, too. Oh, yeah, but, well... Sweating is pretty much all anybody did that week. I mean, oh yes. Uh, I mean, I just remember like you know we're you know being from you know Texas like Texas is hotter. Like you mean the center of me. the sun? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like, but the humidity is what gets you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think we actually became more and more unacclimated the longer that we stayed because the first few days we were there everything was fine i was actually a little bit on the cold side even but the longer we stayed the hotter and more unendurable it became (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean our Sorry. Uh, Well, it's it's actually right now it's in what's called like the, the the rainy season is I believe officially over. Yeah. And then after the rainy season is when the humidity really hits. Oh, you're it got worse? It's it's worse. Oh. It's it's called uh zansho, which means like after heat. After heat. And it's actually yeah, it lasts into October and oh. it is really bad. Oh, that's a nightmare. So, oh. I am so sorry. Yeah. And I was going to say you yeah. guys just got hit with a monsoon, didn't you? Yes. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's been, and the weather's been really weird. We have, I mean, uh, I by the time this goes up, it'll be gone. So there's yeah. no reason looking for it. But like, there's there's the there's a typhoon that has been like making U-turns, literally like <laughs> making U-turns oh, no. for some reason all over like in the south coast of Japan, and just like it's acting really weird. So, jeez. Uh, that's like, oh man, I can't even comprehend that. Like, I mean, there hasn't been, has there been any extensive damage? I mean... Um, well, the, let's see, the the one I'm talking about is Typhoon number 10. Typhoon number 9, like, dropped buckets on us. It was, like, raining, like, crazy. Like, yeah, I, that that was, like, that's, it was, like, the, the kind you see in Hollywood movies that never actually happens. Uh Uh-huh, the perfect storm. Like, that, that... yeah, like that. That like someone turned on showers, and you know, it's this is artificial rain sort of thing, just for effect. That sort of yeah. downpour. Wow. Yeah, it, and yeah, it, we had that for a little while, but um, right now it's it's light sprinkles um, with with occasional showers. Well, that sounds kind of pleasant. What's up? Yeah. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been raining a lot here, but speaking of natural disasters, um, <laughs> yes, mean, that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. Like, that's why I think Godzilla is, is and always has, and at least in one form or another, kind of resonated in Japan, is because he's in a, he's a living natural disaster. Yeah, it's like somebody somebody was complaining how in the new in the new movie. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't really have a whole lot of motivation. He just kind of shows up. Yeah. But it seems like in in Japan, that's a bit easier to swallow. Because for you guys, this shit just comes out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. And it just hits you. And, uh, yeah. And there's no rhyme it, or reason for it. 
Yeah, you, you just happen to be yeah, like the the people who get caught up in it just happen to be the wrong place at the wrong time. It's a lot like uh, Japanese horror movies too. Yeah, where it's like um, this is another thing like Western horror movies. Generally, it's like it ha- like the bad stuff happens. The these you know the ghosts, the the slasher, whatever happens because of a reason. Because right. the protagonist did something, and they but generally the, in in Japanese horror, it's just like you can't stop this. Like you know, it's a force of nature. You just happen to be get caught up in it. Yeah, sort of like thing. you put in the tape. You watch yeah. her come out of the well. Like, yeah. and that's it. Now you're gonna die. And yeah. like, um, or uh, or or as opposed to oh. The teenage counselors were fucking, and the kid died, and now yeah. the mother is taking revenge. Spoilers for the original Friday the Thirteenth. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So like, that's the thing. So so on the on the topic of the movie itself, though, you know, we we got this mm-hmm. big group together. And I was really happy. It was a little unwieldy. I'm glad everybody got into the theater before it started, though, because I mean, we were all yeah. kind of panicking in the lobby, waiting for snacks, because yep. uh, we were all hungry. Um, and um, y- your theater snacks are strange. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't had much theater snacks in stateside, so please tell, please please enlighten me. They, I, I'm really interested to know. They don't have like candy, like candy candy. <laughs> like I got I, yeah. The, the closest I got turned out to be like this ice cream tube, and I wasn't <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure how to eat it. I think I made oh, a terrible mess. Oh yeah, the, the ice cream churros. Yeah. Oh yeah, ice cream tube. Well, it was, yeah. I didn't I didn't know it had ice cream in it. I thought it was like like a chocolate dip something, and I bit into it, and all this ice cream came out, and I was like, oh, I made a terrible mistake. But, <laughs> But I do love your little trays that hook into the... trays! The, those are amazing! <laughs> the tra- I love those! The trays that hook oh. into the cup holders. We don't we don't have anything that's that's convenient in here in America, so that was incredibly <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. The trays, um... What, yeah, also, they, they, they sell beer, which I hear is a rarity. I know that the Draft House does, but... Yeah. The Draft House does, yeah. Oh, I miss the yeah. beer. Yeah. I, yeah. I sort of want to know what watching a Godzilla movie buzz would be like. I don't think I've ever actually done that. I've had to be no. I've had to be completely lucid every time. It's like maybe I'll miss maybe I'll get some detail that I missed. Oh, that's sad. It happens oh, sometimes, oh. but generally only in the 1960s. Um, One, I, I do want to ask though, what did you think about the theater itself? Like you know the the reserved seats, the the fact that it was pretty much quiet from beginning to end it was terrifyingly no. quiet <laughs> well it was ominously quiet well there's one place that is very selective with its noise it's japan because yeah. like understandably we, so. al- we always we always kind of giggle about the fact that like you can go to harajuku and you mm-hmm. can come out of the train station you can go right or, or, sorry, you go left, you go into the Harajuku shopping district, and it's noise and people and shopping. And, or, out of the train station, you go right, go to the Meiji Shrine, and yeah. it's just dead silence. Just tranquility, yeah. 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 Just, just yeah, a nature not, hike. Yeah, dead silence. Not dead but... silence, but it's like, it's like you're, it's like you're nowhere, it's like you're out in the countryside. Like, you're nowhere near... Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't know unless you saw it through the trees how close you were to a major train station. Yeah. No, but yeah, the the theater was amazing. It was it was shockingly 
horrifyingly quiet, especially during the previews. <laughs> and I was very disappointed in the previews. I think they were all just Western movies. And I was like... Yeah. Rapid fire commercials for Western movies. Like, they weren't, yeah, like, previews, I, was, I you wanted know? to see previews for Japanese movies that I would never get to actually watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, that, that was strange. I was expecting more... more. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say I was expecting kid movies. No. Which is what they, which what, which is what they would actually generally run before a Godzilla movie, but as we'll get into later, that was definitely not a kid movie, so they were not running previews for kid movies. Yeah, no. Um, but uh, I, I was expecting, yeah, more, more Japanese movies, more Japanese dramas, or, or weird quirky ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They mean... went the western route. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, the, the, I mean, I, what was it? Jungle Book and like mm-hmm. like X Men. I think X Men, Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe that maybe those are all movies Toho is distributing. I mean, potentially. Yeah, I mean, as I understand, well, it's Toho also also makes and distributes more movies than I think any other studio, right? And so that was uh, a, to, an official Toho. That cinema? was the Toho Cinema. In yes, Chicago. that's also weird to me. Did 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 the studios that put out movies own their own theaters? Oh yeah, like yep. special. What's that? Oh yeah, yep. They do. Uh, Toho Toei has some. Um, I'm trying to remember which other ones, but yeah. Well, I'll, like I'm sure Katakawa has some. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I don't think any of them are as prominent as as uh, Toho. Well, so. as I understand it, they get most of their money from the land tracks they own, like oh, really? the real estate and stuff that they own, especially oh, for their theaters. Fun, though, that they can use that to turn around and fund their movies. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably how they keep their movies cheap. Uh, <laughs> uh, but oh, there's actually there's also I wanted to ask, but about about the quietness of the theaters. Just just going back to that. Yeah. Um, would you suggest like w- would you would you think you could recommend a Japanese theater to either um, Jeff or Jason from uh, Rage Select? <laughs> oh yeah, because they don't even like going to movies anymore. Right. Well, Jason, Cause, cause they hate other people. Y- yeah. Y- well, yeah, they hate people and. Jason and Allison especially to have zero tolerance for movie theaters now because, well, Allison also keeps picking fights, but, <laughs> I mean, but she's justified because the people are dicks. And what mm-hmm. amazes me is that it happens at the Draft House. I mean, we never have had, a, I think, a really bad experience at the Draft House. Mm-hmm. And Jeff is just a hermit, so uh, <laughs> I think he would love that, though, um... I think he would love to uh, to go. I mean, because yeah, it, it was big, it was clean, um, and we had just and, and, and the lobbies were all nice and very orderly, and there were people. That was the thing was that the people, the the employees, were walking around offering the big bucket of Godzilla popcorn and stuff. You know, nobody. Oh yeah. That's the thing about this is a little sidebar just about Japan in general. Every place that we go to now, granted, mm-hmm. we don't live there, so this may not be the case, but. Every place we go to seems to be incredibly well staffed. Like, yeah, it's not like going to the bank and there's two tellers and like like ten people in line, right? Yeah. Or you know, or go to the airport and there's one person trying to check in a line of thirty or forty people. Yeah, and um, the, yeah, they're, they're they're generally well. Most of the major places are. Well staffed. Um, there are obviously places where it's just like the sta- the the service is horrible. Of course, but those are rare. Um, right. 
I mean, it I'm... also it also can depend on the time of the day too. Like depending on depending on the store when it's most you know busy times are. So like convenience stores um, that are open twenty four hours, the service at night, like at late at night, like past midnight, generally drops. Uh, but <laughs> well, like the, the, the service call drops. They? <laughs> but yeah, but but like during the day when they're really busy, yeah, they tend to be really good. Yeah, I mean, efficiency is the name of the game. But anyway, about Godzilla. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. I don't know if you had any other questions about it's our impression of theaters because we were summarily impressed. But like, I mean, seeing a Godzilla movie in a Japanese theater, I mean, subtitles or no, is a pretty incredible experience. Definitely one of those bucket list things for a Godzilla fan. Mm. Because I mean, well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that right now all the Godzilla fans online in America are kind of gnashing their teeth because they're they're all either relatively young or they're too used to the internet age where everything is instantly accessible. So a lot of them either don't remember or weren't around for even stuff as recently as the Millennium series when, say, uh, Godzilla two thousand came out. A year later, it was in American theaters, or not even a year later, six months later, it was in a, it was mm. in American theaters, and it only ran for you know a couple of weeks and then it went away. After that, we weren't even sure when the other Godzilla movies were going to come out. I mean, there was a period where between 1989 and 1998, none of the 90s Godzilla movies came out. We didn't mm. even know if they ever were going to come out. They didn't come out in theaters, or they didn't come out even in, like, DVD In, in the States? No, no. By that point, Godzilla was not a theatrical, viable theatrical option in America. And mm. the DVDs, the VHSs for, like, Godzilla vs. King... Yeah. yeah. The VHSs for Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah and Godzilla vs. Mothra and those early 90 mo- 90s movies didn't show up until after the 1998 movie came out. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And, like, I remember seeing them on the shelf in Blockbuster Video... And having a small shrieking panic attack, um, <laughs> just a small one. Well, they were these legendary films that, like, you'd heard them talk about in G Fan, or you could maybe get a bootleg VHS of it for twenty five bucks uh, from some dealer somewhere who may send it to you within a month. Wow! Hmm. So it was a different time, kids. Bootleg VHS. <laughs> I'm, no, I definitely don't have my Space Godzilla VHS anymore, but um, that thing was super low quality, and I loved it. Anyway, new movie. So, yeah. like, you know, seeing the movie in, in, you know, I just remembered when the the light, you know, like lights kind of went down, and that they had that stomping. That well, first they had the Toho logo, which yeah. you're immediately like, oh my god, it's real, and <laughs> then you have doom, doom. Like that, that 1954 roar with the big black screen with white letters, Shin Gojira. I mean, that was like, for me, that was like, holy shit. It was like, it was like the, the, uh, the Lucas, you know, a long time ago. Yes. In a galaxy far, far away. That is exactly what it Star is. Wars fan. That is yeah. exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, so like the movie starts starts off pretty much like with a bang, like it. Yeah. They didn't they didn't dick around. Yeah. Um, I just remembered. Oh, oh, just so just so we can be clear here for everybody listening, 
and I'm going to make sure that Chris puts this all in the captions and everything. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. <laughs> yeah, we, we are, are going to spoil the movie. Yeah, we're going to spoil the crap out of this movie. Because, honestly, we have to. Because we're going to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many details to it. I mean, but again, we don't want to. We don't want to be here all night, so we'll try to hmm. move it along. But um, so, kiddo, yes, being the one who's relatively <laughs> the least experienced in the room, in the two rooms on the opposite sides of the planet, yes. Um, what was your initial impression of like? I'm in a theater about to watch a Godzilla movie. So like the movie hadn't started yet. Or? Yeah, just like what were your what was going through your head? Well, I mean, I was excited because, yeah, I mean, we're we're there for the opening weekend of a movie, which is always exciting, regardless of whether or not I can understand the movie. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just really great being in this, you know, this immaculate theater with this terrifyingly quiet audience <laughs> in this movie that everybody around me I know this is like the biggest deal ever yeah. for them, and I'm sort of like. I don't know. I feel like I was sort of along for the ride because I could I could feel the excitement in the room, and you of course were vibrating next to me, <laughs> and so I, I was just this I was, gentle thrumming. I was tangentially excited for the movie. <laughs> I was present. Well, I know that you um you really enjoyed it when we went and to the theater earlier in the week and uh, to the to the Godzilla because it was in the Godzilla hotel. Yeah. And we saw the Godzilla head roar. Yeah, that was actually a really thrilling thing for me because like I'm not I'm not a Godzilla fan. I'm sorry. Oh! I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you get out of here. <laughs> but being being there on Kabukicho and seeing the head and like as we're approaching the head it roars and it just echoes off of all of the buildings in the distance and you felt that that tremble in your chest from the base i was like oh oh i think i get it (laughs) you know it's funny you've only told me that twice in our in our lives together you've said that the first time you said that to me was after we got out of force awakens and you said oh my god i think i get it now And, uh, because you were never really a Star Wars fan. You were more of a Star Trek person. Live long and prosper, baby. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so, so the movie, you know, the movie starts and it starts off with oh, this bang. What's up? Actually, um, if we're, uh, sorry, sorry to, sorry to cut in. I, I hope right. I'm, not, I'm not messing things up, but no, actually, good, if we're going to go into spoilers, before we go into spoilers, what would, like, Thumbs up or thumbs down? Like how many? Like what would you give this movie? Oh, like general overall impression? Yeah, like so so people can hear what we would think about it, like what our opinions of it in the end, mm-hmm. and then we can go into spoilers. So like if they want to cut off, get a chance to see the movie when it comes out, and then come back. That's actually a better so. idea. I was sort of thinking about structuring it where we just generally talk about the movie and then give our impressions. But it's probably better if we yeah. go ahead and do like a non-spoiler pre-setup. Yeah. Um, I mean. I guess I can go first. Uh, yes, please. Okay, so I, I, at the same time, I'm while okay, I do feel like I'm going to reserve judgment of my my final judgment because I have to. I do want to see it sub. I'm obviously going to see it subtitled, and they did announce that it is coming to the states. Funimation is bringing it to the states. I don't know if it's going to be a multiple day engagement. I I saw that they announced all the theaters. I think it's just in Texas. It's just going to be in Houston and Dallas. Oh, yeah, but I'm probably gonna 
I'm probably going to wind up driving out to one or both cities. So, um, which you're welcome to come with me if you want to see the movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you want to see it, make sense. Yeah. I, I actually do want to see what all of the words were about. <laughs> yeah, because, like, because that's the thing. Like, I, ultimately, I did, I enjoyed it in the fact that I just couldn't stop thinking about it because I was just kind of fascinated with it. Like... I thought that the acting was really good. I thought that the characters... I, I liked that all of the actors all kind of looked like a little bit dressed down and kind of looked like real people. Mm. I did find it funny that the one actress whose name I'm forgetting uh, was a, like... Like, the only one who looked like a movie star was the American. <laughs> <laughs> and she's super glamorous. But that was sort of the point of the character. She was supposed to be kind of... Uh, like a sore thumb sticking out, but um, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean I liked all the characters. I uh, I really I thought the effects were pretty good overall. There was really only one or two scenes where I was like, oh Toho, you're not quite there yet. Yeah. But otherwise, like I was a little bummed that there was it wasn't a guy in a suit. But I know at this point in time, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I liked I liked the Godzilla action. The Godzilla action was crazy. My jaw dropped several times where I'm like, he's never done that before! Why is he doing that? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, just overall, I greatly I greatly was enthused by it, and I want to watch it again. But, um... Mm-hmm. Uh, who wants to go next? Koshi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, um, well, I went into this very, very scared. I was oh, yeah? so worried that this would not be good. Oh, like really? I was, I was, I was, I did not, I did not want this to be bad. Um, well, you're a so, really like, big I, Evangelion fan and an Anno fan, by extension. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like this movie has a lot of pedigree, and it is, it's being directed by Hideaki Anno, the the creator of Evangelion. Right. And um, and I mean, the the first thing is that like the the media in Japan, they want it like just as in most places they want to tear something down first so mm. like you know the, the the initial stuff like the the first uh teaser that came out was showing the people running and stuff like that you know all, all the all the news sites or the the blogs were like you know uh, i don't know about this 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 looks terrible all that stuff like that for like and, the four seconds of footage yeah huh. like the and like you know and so I, I try to avoid like spoilers and stuff like that. I, I'm a strict like you know I close my eyes during during previews and stuff like that. Nice. Um, so I was trying to you know not get anything in, but some of the like the you know people like you know saying oh it's gonna be shit stuff like that that was getting through my filter, uh-huh. and so it was like it was you know going back to Star Wars Force Awakens it was like that for me. It's like don't let this be bad. please don't let this be bad i want this to be good yeah and so i and definitely like during the initial stage of the movie when like you're not sure what's going on i was very very nervous and i was just like is this is this is it is it is it (laughs) and then like there was a i i I really can't exactly pinpoint when the turn was for me but there was just one at some point like during during early on i was just like okay i'm on board and cool. I absolutely loved it. Um, it is probably like for people who have watched a lot of the Heisei uh, era Godzilla, this is something different. It's oh, yeah. not going to be something they're used to. I mean, even even the Gareth Edwards uh, the Godzilla. No, this is this is different. This is not that. Um, right. It is, and so 
it is it is not the Godzilla you expect. Oh God, I'm I'm quoting the Dark Knight. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, it's not the Godzilla you want, but it's the Godzilla you need. But um, no, it is it is amazing. It is great. I would give it. I would give it. You know, it, it's not without its flaws. There are mm. some, and we will get probably get into that in spoilers. But it's still, it's definitely high up there. I'd give it an eight point five atomic breath set of out of ten. Yeah, you know, I just I just forgot that. That's right. That's a one of a uh, .net uh, <laughs> tradition. I forgot to give it a. Um, I would give it. Uh, hang on, I gotta think of a funny uh, al- analogy. So you go ahead, kiddo. <laughs> um, I would give it a solid three out of five stars. Um, mm-hmm. there were. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some things, you know, not speaking mm-hmm. the language. There's probably some nuance there that's out of my depth. But the interesting parts were interesting. There mm. there were kind of a lot of... I don't want to call it dead space because stuff was happening. It just wasn't like action oriented stuff, which is fine. And again, once mm-hmm. I see it with subtitles, I'm sure a lot more of it will click for me. Uh, but I'm, and I apologize, but I'm not a big Ono fan. So like there was mm-hmm. a lot of really weird stuff that happened <laughs> that was very confusing, but it elicited a reaction from me so i will mm. i will give credit where credit's due it was it was not dull it was very strange <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't i can't even 100 percent say i enjoyed it but i couldn't stop thinking about it after i saw it so mm. you know kudos to you movie you were sort of like that after after fury road a little bit yeah. Yeah, you could. You were like, you weren't sure if you really enjoyed Fury Road. Yeah, I didn't, but it was a fabulous movie, so you yeah. ca- I can't fault mm. it for that. But yeah, yeah. Um, as a as a non fan, I suppose I would still recommend seeing it. It's definitely mm. different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought of one. Um, I thought of a good uh, rating. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I would give it eight out of ten. Uh, Byerly's orange sodas. <laughs> only only diehard Godzilla fans will get that reference. I found a Byerly's while I was there, though. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I should have taken the bottle. It was in this tiny little uh, sushi place. I got a photo of it next to one of the Shin Godzilla, one of the five Shin Godzilla Bandai's I had to buy while I was there. Uh, had to. You, you know how many people were crawling on my leg for those things, right? <laughs> um, and... Uh, Anyway, um, but uh, uh, yeah, the for those who don't know, the Byerly's is a soda that was uh, being sold. Not it's not really soda; it's more just an orange drink. It was uh, it's advertised in a couple of old Toho films, like the monsters walk by the billboards and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of Godzilla fans are like, "What is Byerly's?" <laughs> so <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, I mean. If we if we want to go ahead and you know start getting into spoilers, um, yes, this I is mean, this is the cutoff point for the this people. This is the who cutoff don't point, wanna, people. Yeah. You know, you have been warned. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it definitely starts out with a bang. You know, a lot of people are yeah. sort of like a, fr- a friend of mine was kind of joking, like, "Oh, so I bet Godzilla doesn't show up until about an hour into the movie, right?" And I'm like, "Um, um. <laughs> not exactly. I mean, no. it pretty much." 
started off. Uh, well, uh, technically, he might be right. Like the <laughs> the Godzilla. Okay, the Godzilla on like you see on the posters. Yeah. I would say yeah, good forty-five minutes to to maybe an hour until it shows up. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Right next to my monitor, I have the new twelve-inch uh, tall um, Bandai Monster King Shin Godzilla. Um, yeah. It's friggin' awesome. Um, yeah. It's next to my ten-inch tall twenty fourteen Bandai Godzilla. Um, <laughs> it's right there. Uh, yeah. I was just saying, you kind of okay. Anyway, um, I got a, I got a, I got a withering wife look. Um, <laughs> and I see it; it's right there. Anyway, um, not yeah. Anything. That it, what? So what happens is first in the movie, and I mean we're not going to go through blow by blow because we're already pretty much halfway through this podcast. So yeah. uh, give or take. But so basically, this thing happens in the middle of. It's not Tokyo. Is it Tokyo Bay? Tokyo Bay. Um, I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's Tokyo Bay around there. Um, there's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's Tokyo Bay because they talk about the underwater tunnel right. that collapses. The yeah. underwater tunnel collapses after blood spills into it. Yeah, or this, yeah, this reddish liquid. Yeah, that looks like blood. Um, just like the the ceiling cracks and this red liquid just pours into the into the tunnel. You got to think that's a scary thought. Of being yeah. like driving through this underwater tunnel, and you know when yeah. shit starts going south, you're thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna die," because um, yeah. <laughs> you know this. Yeah. I mean, the movie. And, all... you know, Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and yeah, the the this this shit happens, and the immediate response is that like, what is it? It's some kind of uh, maybe underwater volcanic eruption. Um, like they're they're all trying to figure out what it is, right? Because. Yeah. It starts with, like, the social media presence, and then the news yeah. picks up on it, and uh, then, like, the cabinet meeting gets called with yeah. uh, the prime minister, and that's that's our cast of our main cast of characters, which are these yeah. uh, cabinet members. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because while we were sitting in the theater, uh, they kept saying, sorry, sorry, over yeah. and over again. And they weren't we, saying sorry. They weren't apologizing. Yeah, no. that's what we thought for a second. Where it's like, are they? Like, we knew they weren't saying it, but we were giggling. I assumed <laughs> that they weren't saying it. That would have been really weird. But yeah, but sorry is the word for prime minister, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, because they're all addressing the prime minister, right? Mm-hmm. And he's the older gentleman in the center of the room. Yeah, and is is that how real cabinets look like? Is it like all of these it, people kind of at a table, carefully not looking at anyone, and then like? It's, a select I, group of people on a couch. <laughs> again, I like I've never been in one of those cabinet meetings, so I wouldn't know. But it feels accurate. It yeah. feels that that's one of the things is uh, the movie is that it gives, especially in the areas where it focuses on on the on the on the Japanese cabinet. It feels. I mean, it's obviously some of it is exaggerated for effect, right. but it feels real. It feels like this is something that would really happen. Yeah, and cause... that's that's a, that's one of the what's one of the movies things the movie really really does well is that the things that happen feel like they would happen in Japan. The Japanese government would respond this way. Yeah, as I understand it, the initial response to this disaster, which as it turns out, is a big lizard. Um, yeah. The initial response is, I think, somewhat, uh, somewhat of a not a parody necessarily, but it's a, it, it's sort of a caricature of the way the government responded to the Fukushima disaster, where kind yeah. of 
soft-handed, yeah, just kind of soft-handed response. They're, they're they're sort of downplaying it, and like it's not as bad as you all think. You know, it's, it's, you know, you know, calm down. We've got this, we've got this under control. And then that's when we get our, our view of the, fir- the, the, the movie's main protagonist where the, this young guy, I forget his name. His uh, Rando name. Yaguchi. Yaguchi. That's it. Um, yeah. And he, he basically says there's been speculation that this thing is a creature. This is there's an object out there. There's, there's been like video online. People are saying, you know, there is a chance that this could be a giant creature, right? And he's he first first thing is that like he's this is a very um, okay. My girlfriend, I'm sorry, sorry to go all over the place, but my girlfriend sorry. said this about the movie, and I a hundred percent agree with her. Is that yeah. this is a movie that could have only been made by Japanese in Japan because yeah. the way the, the the response to everything, the way they act, things like for example, the, the Yaguchi, he's a youngin. He's he's like I mean he's probably in his twenties. Right, but like he's the youngster in the room, so they immediately dismiss him. Like, and they they act like you're stepping out of place. Shut that, your pie hole. Oh, you see, should not be talking. I would like, have loved to have picked up on that because yeah. the and that's the thing. Like that's the thing I'm dying to know is like how these characters just the intricacies of their conversations. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of it is very like you can see. As a Japanese, like it reflects so much of not just our, you know partially our perceptions, but how the government really and like these organizations really work. Right. Because, uh, like as you said, like they're they're all saying you know they're all saying sorry, sorry. They're all all referring to the to the prime minister. But the thing is that he has to approve everything, and huh. nothing, absolutely nothing can be done without his approval. Huh. And and did I pick up correctly that there was kind of like a running gag with him where he would say yeah. things like I understand and it's like he clearly yeah. doesn't understand. Yeah. That's huh. that, that that was another thing another commentary is that like that. yeah, he like he he approves everything but he doesn't necessarily get it. Like they all explain this is what's going on, this is what's going. On. We need this to happen. We need you to do this. Can we do this? Uh okay. Wow, that sounds awesome. That sounds hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and and um, sorry, sorry, starting to get into in depth in the movie itself is that it feels that's the thing. It's like it's not really admonishing the the current system, but it is commentary on it. It's it's cri- it's critical of the current system, but it's not really it's not really. You know, saying you know, look at this. This is you know, this is fucking ridiculous. You huh. know, it, it, it's it's kind of saying like this is how things are. It's flawed. It's really flawed. Maybe it could be done better. Yeah, the that's sort of what I kind of was expecting it to be, or kind mm. of get, that was the impression I was getting because mm. I, I heard a couple of people. Well, the, the people who are having the most trouble with it are the Westerners mm. that I know have seen <laughs> it, and. Yeah. And even the people who understand the language, um, mm-hmm. and I don't want to dismiss their opinions of the film, but mm-hmm. it definitely feels like, like you said, it's a very Japanese film for a Japanese audience, and I think that's really going to be lost in a lot of Americans, which is why I'm kind of worried mm-hmm. about the eventual um, American theatrical run that people are going to be watching, and they're going to be like, I don't get it. Yeah. 
Um, I think, yeah, I think one of the biggest critiques is like there's all this talking. And right. That's, that's what everybody's going to be saying. And that's also kind of part of the commentary, the, the, the sort of social commentary on it is that like there's all this comment, there's all this talking and people don't do anything. Because they, because the, the way the system is built, they have to go through all this talking. Yeah, when's the president going to get back in a fighter jet and lead the, uh, lead the assault against the aliens? Yeah, that's when's that going to happen, huh? Yeah. Um. And and so yeah, um, but sorry to get, to get off track, but uh, getting getting back to the plot of the movie. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I mean the the I mean basically the. I mean that's but that's a big part of the film, big part of the plot yeah. and everything is that there's a lot of scenes of of talking and dialogue and these yeah. nuances about how the government works, but also what kind of a the way I was explaining it to people this past weekend was um it's a it's really kind of a movie about what a big pain in the ass that it would be from a government perspective of when a giant radioactive monster shows yeah, up. Very so much. What basically happens is this thing comes out of the water, and it's not necessarily Godzilla, not yet anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, how, what have, how do you describe it, kiddo? You mean it was just thrashing, or when it breached land? When it breached land. I would describe it as a fetal chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's in a nutshell, I think. This horrible, flopping chicken lizard Godzilla... Yeah, this this sort of malformed thing. Yeah, it doesn't have any arms. Yeah. And it, like, walks by just straight up pushing its face across things. Like and... a little dog yeah. that doesn't have front legs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. I, I, re- it, I, I will give definite bonus points to the realisticness of the flopping. It was, it was incredibly <laughs> disturbing. Well, we don't even yeah. refer to it as, like, the fetal chicken in our house. I just say, like, hey, you remember that... <laughs> Yes, I do remember that. Stop doing that. Yeah, and you, you never stop. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, this thing gets on shore, and it's really the most upsetting and kind of scary. I mean, that's the point. It's supposed to be scary and disturbing yeah. and upsetting. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this thing just comes on land, and just it seems to be heading somewhere. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and the immediate response is panic. Right. And the government is also, like, bogged down because of the bureaucracy, and they're just trying to figure out what to do. And all you can see is, like, they, they're just getting these reports on screen. It's like, where it is, it's heading this way. And and yeah. they're just trying to figure out, like, what is this we're dealing with? Right. And And then eventually they do mobilize a military response, but only mm-hmm. after this thing is cut through the city... God, there's this terrifying scene of this young family trying to evacuate, but they don't even, like, know where the monster is, and it, like, wriggles up the side of the building. The fa- it's a great scene. It's a combination of practical effects and uh, com- CG compositing of the whole family, like, tumbling through the room as it's tipped over because the thing, the monster, is is knocking the building over. Yeah. And I think it used the leverage of that building to then basically stand up. It, yeah. it mutates. But that's one of the parts of the movie where I didn't think the CGI was super great because its skin does this weird thing that looks like a bad digital effect. Yeah, yeah I think it's it, supposed to be like shimmering or molting or something, and it just it didn't it didn't look good. Yeah. yeah. 
Did, do you know what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that sort of well evolution mode yeah yeah but it just yeah that was one of the only moments that was weird and we were kind of like that looks really bad but then like it's it's basically standing up and it's just like and then it starts actually using the classic 1954 godzilla roar because it's it's the size of the original godzilla and and then it uh then they start playing um akira fukube's original the score that was used in 1954's Gojira, that dun dun. Wow, you noticed that? <laughs> dun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that theme very well. Um, and it starts, you know, and it's just kind of, just kind of walking around. There's weird bug eyes, and yeah. it's just very upsetting. And I want it to go away. And um, and then the military responds, and I'm not entirely clear on why they didn't shoot at it. Okay, uh, here's what happened, um, going in depth, but... Yeah, um, for those of you listening, that, a lot of this, yeah. a lot, of, sorry, just real quick, a lot no. of this, uh, of, uh, discussion is gonna be, Toshi, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so what happened was that there were civilians. Okay. And the thing is that, like, there, again, as, as I said earlier, that, like, everything needs the, the Prime Minister's approval. So, like, they can't even, they can't fire their weapons without the Prime Minister saying, you can fire their weapons. And they have this whole scene where it's this, this chain of command, where they're like, we're in position, can we fire? The next person says, they're in position, can they fire? I did next person goes, they're, they're in position, can they fire? And then it goes all the way up to the top, it's like, they're in position, sir, can they fire? And it's like, okay, 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 okay. And it goes all the way back down again. And uh. then it, they, they realize that, there are civilians. They they like they see an image of uh, someone carrying his grandmother. I think I do remember and, like, that. Yeah, and then the, the thing is that like the, and so the, the the prime minister says, "Stop! Do not fire. We cannot like." And that's 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 also part of the the Jap- a, a sort of a critique. It's 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 very like it's very ambiguous. Like how how would you respond in a situation like this? Like, right. would you would you fire knowing you could kill this one civilian, even if you know like that this thing that just that showed up has already killed all these people? Right. And, and it's not like, would you like? Do you want like? It's already on their hands that, in a way, that the fact that the, they let this thing happen get this far, but. Do you want the public to know that you're the prime minister who ordered them to fire on a monster and kill the civilian? And so the prime yeah. minister can't do that. That's, and yeah, that's and, really and it's 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 a kind of like a civil war thing that from the from the Marvel movies. Like, which side would you choose? Would you choose the sides like, you know, yeah. you know, go with the civilian death if it stops the if it stops the monster or. We can't have a single person die. We can't kill anybody, sort of thing. And they bring it up in the, also in the movies, like that goes against the very existence of the Japanese self defense force because Japan does not have an army, official army. Their self defense force is specifically to protect civilians. So if it turns <laughs> out that they killed a civilian, it undermines their entire existence. Wow. And, and so they're bringing up this <laughs> politics during this scene where this thing is destroying stuff. And what happens is the prime minister makes a decision: do not kill, like do not fire. Yeah, it's such a that's really interesting because like, and that's really something that they've always. It's funny. I I I kind of joke with people sometimes that um, everything I know about Japanese politics I've learned from Godzilla, and 
That's not entirely untrue. I mean, I learned about their uh, anti-nuclear policies from uh, Godzilla 1985. Um there's a whole and, and actually that that movie uh, is just about to come out on DVD and Blu-ray or some people are, some places already have it for the first time it's coming out on on Blu-ray here in the states um, in the uncut Japanese version hmm. and uh, there's a whole scene where the cabinet has this long discussion uh, with the um, with the American and Russian ambassadors and 1984 is like the middle of this new wave of the Cold War. Yeah. So there's this big discussion about the use of nuclear weapons, and um, it's just nice to see Godzilla coming back around to that because this is, you know, we haven't. I mean, even Godzilla 2014. Well, then again, Godzilla 2014 was it was all it was in America, and they're like, ah, oh, can we throw a nuke at it? Yeah, let's do that. Um, <laughs> which is, of course, something that eventually does happen in this movie. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, so they don't fire on the thing that is ostensibly Godzilla and Mm -hmm. it, it goes off into the sea. It just fucks off. Yeah. It just suddenly, for some reason, it just goes back into the ocean. Right. It cuts from one end of the archipelago or whatever to the other. Yeah. And, um, slips back into the sea, you know, just as mysteriously as it showed up. I mean, that's just modus operandi for Kaiju. So don't give me that look, miss. Oh, (laughs) my monsters have to lay eggs in New York city. And (laughs) the finger either. Um, <laughs> but um, also, it's uh, sorry. Go, going back to the the prime minister's decision is yeah. that it's also very. I mean, another thing that the movie really does very well in that, like, you can say like, "Oh, he should have attacked," right? But like at the time, at that very moment, he had to make a call, and he made one. Whether it was the right one or the wrong one, right. That you know the, the events play out and you'll find out, but it it very it very much focuses like he had to make a split second decision right there and right then, and he made a decision. That was it. That sort of thing. Right. Whether it was whether he was wishy washy the whole time, whether he was just like having everybody tell him anything and just agreeing with them, you know, that's all in there also. But also he had you know the very fact that. He was in a position where he had to weigh the consequences, and based on that, he made a decision. So yeah, I think I find that I think that's pretty interesting. Um, and like, and, and I, I know that some I, I read that some people were frustrated. Like, they mm-hmm. were like saying, "Oh, um, so was the implication that they could have killed Godzilla in this first section mm-hmm. of it?" And that's a a lot of Godzilla fans will say that because their first and only concern is uh, how completely unbeatable is Godzilla in this film yeah. because my entire identity hangs on that. Um, <laughs> no, I, you know, not to be a dick, but like, but, come on, guys. It's not the but point. It's, I, th- I think also part of it is like, you had the shot, why didn't you take it? It's going to be a very big critique. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, but at the time, you also don't know, they don't know anything about this thing. They don't know that if it's yeah. evolved, they, they don't know that it's going to keep evolving. For yeah. all they know, it could just fuck off back into the sea and never show up again. And that's kind of the position they actually take what it does, but that's getting ahead of it, but yeah. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 very, yeah, that's, that's what I really appreciated, is that, like, it's easy to retroactively judge somebody for their actions, but at the time, like, in their position, they can only do what they can. Like, they make the choice that the only they like that they have like they 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 weigh you know 
the consequences in front of them and they can only make their choice judgment based on that. And it, it doesn't really, I mean, even while the movie is critical of the Japanese system, it doesn't overplay the fact that they're in a, these people are in very difficult positions and they have to make choices and they can only, and they don't know if they're the right ones or the wrong ones until later. Right, exactly, and I and I appreciated that. I I, I sort of picked up on that whole element, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, and and that's the thing. Like after after this event, after the after Godzilla slips back into the sea, um, Yaguchi was that his name? I think so. Yeah, yeah, the main I'm, character. It, I I got to pull up Wikipedia again. Yeah, <laughs> Yaguchi. Um, he was like he's then put in charge of like this group. Of yeah. people, you know, there's a, it's the, it's this B team of. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut it again. But yeah, this, this, fine. Is another, this is another thing that the movie does, and this is another commentary on on Japanese culture is that, and Japanese government is that. Really Japan glad we're talking really, to you about this. <laughs> Japan is really good at setting up committees. Okay. Like if something happens, they will immediately set up a committee. Wow. They they're not they're not always good at doing something about it. But they're really like it. Like it's become part of like the Japanese response. You know the template. Like if something happens, set up a committee, and then like figure it out. And the committee has to figure it out. It's also it's it's partially the the sort of pushing responsibility on others. Like by it's also part of a Japanese the the Japanese cultural nature in that nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. And so, by setting up committee, all the responsibility can go over there. And they also bring it up too, and said like when Yaguchi has said like you're you're heading this new committee. Now everything's going to come on you. I hope you're ready for it. Oh, is because... that the guy who kind of pats him on the arm and then walks yeah. off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, because, I... Yeah, because like that's that's another thing is like like the 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 prime minister has to take responsibility. He doesn't want it. But that's why everybody looks to him to say yes. Everybody looks for, for his approval for anything because that way they can say, but he said, but he said okay. He's at the top. It's right. kind of he, – he becomes – I mean the prime minister is in power. He has power. He has influence. But he's also a scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. That's – god, that's so interesting. I mean like um, – I mean that's the thing I really – that's the thing I kind of have been have been been hearing a lot about recently. I mean, not to not to diverge too much from the film, but um, mm-hmm. the um, uh, I mean, I, I remember last year I was over there. I actually witnessed some of the protests against mm. the remilitarization of Japan, which isn't exactly what happened, but essentially Japan can now come to the aid of an ally if it's attacked. Is that what it mm-hmm. is? Yeah. Yeah, and the the thing is that it it people are worried that it opens up a loophole in Japan's constitution, right? To never be an aggressor, and it opens up a loophole which allow which may allow Japan to declare war, and people are like, yeah, and Japan has always been against that ever since ever since World War Two, so right. I mean that's part yeah it's part of the constitution. Uh, I mean again yeah. that's something that's something else I learned watching Godzilla. Mm. Um, I mean, I just remember they made a big deal out of it in the in the first Heisei Gamera movie. They made a big deal about how like this was the first deployment of the of the JSDF against an enemy, mm-hmm. and then they did that again in this movie where they're like the first deployment against yeah. a, against against an actual enemy, um, mm-hmm. and like 
so once they set up this committee, Yaguchi's put in charge of all of these kind of eccentric, weird characters. Yeah, um, a colorful cast of of, of, of weirdos, br- brilliant but weird, like socially awkward people. Yeah, and they're all experts in their field. I mean, there's the mm-hmm. there's the the spectacled scientist. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure who he was. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure what everybody's role was specifically. Well, that, that, that was... I, I keep cutting into you. I'm so sorry. It's fine, it's fine. That, was, that was also part of the movie is that like they have a whole bunch of uh, captions that show up like saying you oh, know, right. who's in what position and it flashes on the screen so fast that you miss it. And I and it, it seems to be very much on purpose. Like that, that like there's all this information, all these people, this guy, this position... This right. guy, this position, this is his name, and all that, and it all flashes on screen whenever they show up or whenever they're talking, and you will miss it. <laughs> it's this, like, is the mo- this is the most enthusiastic I think I've ever yeah. heard you speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Go ahead. There, there was this really interesting shot during during a meeting of this committee, and I don't remember exactly how far in this was, but somebody put down a bunch of papers. And then the shot was actually from, I guess, the perspective of the papers looking up at them as they're speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was that's going to be a nightmare to subtitle because they're going to want to subtitle all of the words on the papers, which are (laughs) floating over the faces of all of the actors who are also speaking, who you'll also need to subtitle. (laughs) And some of the titles of the people that flashed ever so briefly across the screen were so long. Yep. Like, they were like an entire half a paragraph of block text just of the title of this actor. Yep. That's that's kind of, that, that felt very much the point of it. The Ugh. fact that, like, there's all this, there's all this bureaucracy, there's all this, this paperwork, there's all this, this, you know, stuff that mires down <laughs> activity. But again, it's also necessary... Yeah. And like, so it's it's it, as I said, it's like it it definitely takes the movie definitely takes a stance of like this system is flawed. There is a problem with the system, but at the same time, it doesn't. It, it also says, but it's kind of necessary, right? It's like well, well, making a better system, making a better system is well, who's who's got a better idea, right? Yeah. Like. I didn't really think they were advocating like burning it down to start from scratch yeah. or anything. Which is kind of what happens. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, but even yeah. after that happens, the the way that you know it reaches fruition is they still work within that system. They just they make improvements. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I thought. Yeah. Um, the. I mean, that was the whole thing is like you know I think a lot of the even for me not really understanding everything everybody was saying. A lot of the drama kind of wasn't so much drama as it was just kind of watching these characters all do their thing. It was sort of like um, it was sort of like Ghostbusters, like watching the original Ghostbusters and watching Venkman and all the and uh, and Egon and all these characters who are all arrived fully formed. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have arcs; they just are who they are, and they're just reacting to the situation. Yeah, and. Um, I I just you know and I and I really want to know more about these characters. That's why I want to watch it again. I just mm. uh, I and, and of course my I, I really want to know what my personal favorite character is saying, whose name mm. I keep forgetting. I keep calling her either tired computer girl or much <laughs> less sens- much less um you, I, I my, think you're much, less sensitive, actually... uh, much less sensitive much less sensitive nickname, which is autistic computer girl. 
But, um... <laughs> but I, I actually don't think you're supposed to really remember any of the characters' names. Really? Like, except for, like, uh, Yaguchi. Like, right. aside from him, like, none of the characters' names really stick. And I think that's also kind of the point of it. Right. Which, which was really fascinating. Not, but, yeah, not, like, Suko, uh, not Skoaki. That's the character yeah. that everybody loves. Everybody um, loves her. Yeah. yeah. So much fan art. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So like, that's a, that's interesting. I mean, see, that's what I like about this film is that there's there's clearly a lot of layers to what's happening. Um, mm. But like, so there's this long stretch where it's it's uh, not too long, but it's just long enough for like everybody to kind of circle the wagons, try to figure out what this creature, trying to figure out what this creature is. They're mm. starting to kind of unravel it because that's when um, let me find her name. I, I I believe she shows up. During this first stretch with yep. No Godzilla, yeah, uh, she is Kayoko Kayoko Ann Patterson. Yeah, oh Patterson, that's right. Yep, yeah, <laughs> she is the ostensible American. Yep, who shows up and um, bl- just bless her. She's very pretty and she's not. She's a good actress. She's mm-hmm. good at playing these kind of character character actress and playing mm-hmm. these kind of somewhat eccentric characters because she was the um, I forget her name in uh, but she was the Titan uh, researcher in it's the Attack on Titan movies. Oh right right uh, yeah um, wait is that is that Satomi Ishihara, uh, Ishihara Satomi? yeah it's Satomi Ishihara yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah she's she's a very she she's very much a character actor yeah which is great considering like that's not usually something that super pretty like fashion model type actresses in America are not typically character actors, you know, mm-hmm. it's typically uh, something reserved for big air quotes here, more unique looking people. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm not, I'm saying that as a criticism. Mm-hmm. You're, you're giving, you're, I'm getting the withering life wife look again. Uh. Um, <laughs> That's just my face. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I just want to check to make sure you can hear us okay, right? Yeah. Okay, because I just if there's any hiccups in the sound qualities for the listeners out there, I apologize. We're not 100 percent on our setup yet. We're just using I'm on my end. I'm just using a little Snowball Ice Blue microphone mm-hmm. um, for both me and Morgan. I think audio quality is not too bad, so um, should be listenable. Um, yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't. You shouldn't have to tear your ears out, but. Anyway, uh, she shows up and she's like, oh, well, we sort of knew this was coming because uh, <laughs> there was a scientist named Goromaki, which I think is a, a reference to another I believe so, yeah. character in one of the other movies. But um, he yeah. was kind of aware of this potential threat, of this potential mutation that's about to occur, and yeah. then he committed suicide Yep, because he was disgraced. Uh, okay, so so what happened was that um, they he was re- they were researching on a way to get rid of nuclear waste. Okay, and they had developed an organism that could consume nuclear uh, radioactive materials. Get out could, of here! Yeah, an organism like like a bacteria. Well, well, the thing is that like it was constantly evolving. I'm assuming it started as a bacteria, but it basically it started evolving, and it wouldn't stop evolving. And there were, and, the, he, and basically, the scientist was realized. Well, he, he theorized that this thing would continue to evolve and become more powerful. And he realized that the government, in this case, the American government, would want to weaponize this. Would want to find some way 
to mishandle what he had created. He had created this with the intent of ridding the world of nuclear waste and that they were taking it out of his hands and they were going they were taking his research out of his hands and they were going to do something bad with it. So he he basically coded his all his research. He 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 kind of left hints as to how to decode it, but he coded it and then he commit and said, you know, you guys, you know, you guys have done whatever you like. Now I'm going to do whatever I like, and then he committed suicide. Wow! Um, and, basically, and that's what the, the damn yeah that was that was what he left that the message that he left. And that you was know, the little um that was the little origami crane thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I he, I've got an idea for a piece of fan art where I really want to work that crane into <laughs> a, a yeah. piece with Godzilla and everything. Um, yeah. That's yeah, so. It, so it's yeah. not a prehistoric monster. It's a no. it's a it, a freak of nature that they created. Wow, that's so weird. It's it's Sarazawa's nightmare come come to life. It's yeah. um it's I mean Sarazawa from the original movie, not the 2014 film. Um mm. but like yeah, that whole thing where Sarazawa died in the original film to prevent the oxygen destroyer from falling into the wrong hands, which mm. in the in the which is which although that's a whole thing about how the dub uh, mm-hmm. implies that there are right hands where he's, where in the Japanese version he was more like, nobody more should like, have this. Yeah. No one should have this. And mm-hmm. that, so he burned all of his papers and then, and then killed himself alongside Godzilla. That's, oh man, I didn't know that. I, this just, yeah. just the idea <laughs> that this is Godzilla in this movie was created by people intentionally yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. It's interesting um, that it actually turned, it pretty much just turned into a giant lizard. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is that, like, and so they they go over like what this thing has been doing. Like, it started out as an amphibious creature, which right. is kind of why, like, when it comes on land, it, it doesn't have it doesn't really have legs. It has right. gills, and it seems to have you know. And also, the thing is that, um, you know, your 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 favorite uh, scientist girl, she theorized like they're they're like, how right. can something this large live? How can it survive? Right. And, they also comments like, "Look at its teeth! Like its teeth are so fucked up. You know, <laughs> what does it eat? Like how can it eat anything?" And they seriously the, say that? Oh, I want to see yeah. the subtitle so bad. <laughs> yeah, they, they they specifically say like another friend of mine was like, you know, because looking at the pictures of the designs of the new Godzilla, it's like looking at its teeth. It's like they're all messed up, and there's like nothing. Like that's not for eating. Like why yeah. does it like why does it seem like that? And they actually specifically say in the movie, it's like how does it eat with teeth like that? It can't eat, and. Yeah. The scientist girl basically says maybe it's powered by nuclear energy, and they realize they come to the, realize from the traces where where it's been there's residual you know a residual radioactive presence there's 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 radiation there, and huh. so they realize that this creature is a moving a living breathing nuclear power plant. And the re- and they go back to the reason why it went back into the ocean is that up until then it had been living underwater and the water served as a coolant. Right. But when it came up on land and began to evolve, it wasn't fully formed where it could control the he- its heat. Um, part of the thing is that its blood act- does act as a coolant, but the blood wasn't evolved enough to handle it being on land without water. Oh, so it, so it was started to overheat, and so they went back into the ocean. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's okay. So it kind of has this weird motivation just to keep evolving. 
Yeah. It's basically it stop. Sal. Yeah. Except less pompous. <laughs> um, <laughs> ladies, so, gentlemen, and that Technicolor yeah. rainbow in between. <laughs> yeah. And Sorry. so, so they say, like they theorize, like yeah, this thing is going to come back. Like, right. they, like it's like it, the the Japanese government seems to want to downplay. Like this was a one-time event; it's over now. Time to rebuild, and like they're doing all the the very Japanese, you know, rebuilding, you know, all that stuff. Get you know, getting things back to normal. You know, right as the way it was because that's what they want we, and, we have to we have to keep clinging to the 1980s as much as possible yeah and the <laughs> the, the and the committee is like this thing is coming back and like they're they're there and this is also something that is not I, I didn't see in the movie and you were asking me also is like why was it go like where was it going why was it going on land was it going for anything a specific direction and they actually don't really mention it in the movie as far as huh. I can tell it's just it's aimless but it, it seems to have a purpose but we don't know what it is we never find out right and that's again sort of the sort of the point of kaiju is that they are yeah. inherently mysterious yeah they have and, their own agenda Right, they have our own agenda, and the fact. Well, that's like one of the one of the that was one of the problems I thought with Godzilla twenty fourteen, kind of one of the inherent problems. I mean, again, I like the movie, mm -hmm. uh, but like they kept. It was like this the scene where they they pull Aaron Taylor Johnson into that um, into that conference room, that projection mm -hmm. booth to to show him all of this footage, basically to expose it at him and by extension the audience, mm -hmm. and. The whole problem with it was this whole thing about the fact that their main character was this boots on the ground grunt who has no reason to know <laughs> what's happening. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to downplay the, the the part the military plays in you know military action, the part that that a soldier plays, but there's no reason for a single soldier to be a single character, a soldier to be present for every exposition dump in the film. Yeah. And it just kind of becomes unwieldy once you have to keep... And that's why with Kaiju, it's 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 kind of like, it's here, it's queer, get used to it. Or <laughs> so many words. It's, it's here and you have to deal with it. And anyway, so yeah, the... the so so natural, of course, you know, like you said, they were saying it comes, it's coming back. And guess what fucking happens, kids? It's, yep. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Which I mean, when that shot, that one wide shot of him just striding, striding towards the beach, and yeah. that that if a Kube music starts. Now I know you, uh, kiddo, uh, Morgan, wife, you uh, <laughs> were a little put off by the music. In in some parts, more more in the later final fight scene rather than. Like the part that we're currently talking about, but yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. There was a there was well, there were three different tracks practically. There was mm -hmm. um, there was uh, the new music for mm -hmm. the film, which was a lot mm -hmm. of that was orchestral. Um, sounded uh, very Evangelion. Sounded um, very Evangelion. It was very much uh, like like choir music. Uh, mm -hmm. There were there were stock tracks from Evangelion itself. Actually, those were those were different enough. That they're not because I've heard I've watched Evangelion multiple times and no. actually on the soundtrack and so I'm quite familiar with that 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 specific track no. and it's different enough that it's 
it's not the same uh, it's not the same song it's not the okay. same okay I wasn't really clear on that well yeah. that's cool but but it, I mean, it definitely has the same bass line but yeah yeah so then, um, and then, of course, they have the old Ifakube tracks, and they have at least mm-hmm. three that are in the film proper, and then they have a few over the ending credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, so Godzilla is here, and it's, it's moving, and at this point, there are also, they've also named the monster, like, yeah. uh, Patterson calls it Godzilla, um, mm-hmm. which, again, bless her heart, <laughs> I, I know she was nervous about the fact that she probably wasn't going to be able to speak English in the film, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you can't. Um, <laughs> she tried, though. She she yeah. gave it the old college try. Yeah. Um, but it, it says something when uh, y- Yaguchi is, uh, uh, speaks better English than she does. Yeah. Um, and she, she supposedly, like, lived her whole life stateside. Like she, yeah. she is, yeah. Yeah, she's you the hear what somebody... of some really important person, and yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say, uh, Toho, you want to hear what a Japanese person sounds like when they live most, if not all, their life stateside? Got one right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, so so you know, Godzilla, Godzilla is here. Godzilla is here. And uh, although they also call it Gojira, which I thought was neat that uh, yeah. in Maki's handwriting it was uh, actually wasn't that hiragana. Instead um, of the usual katakana, um, they had well, they had a specific kanji way to write it. Oh, it was kanji. That's yeah. Right. They they had Getting a kanji uh, specific way of like how it how it translates into Japanese. I guess you could say. I forget what the exact what the exact uh, symbols were, but yeah, they had a they had a gojira, a Japanese gojira. Right. It was a very but it was a very traditional way of writing as opposed to the yeah. tr- normal way Godzilla is written, which are big blocky letters that yeah. are supposed to be easy for kids to be able to write yeah. and memorize. But anyway, it's supposed to sound like a sound effect. But mm-hmm. anyway, Godzilla's here, and he's 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 walking across the country. He's not necessarily destroying anything other than just walking over it. Yeah, well, he's, anything that yeah, anything that just happens to be in his way is very unfortunate. So. Yeah, I mean, he's not intentionally destroying stuff, but, like, the military, of course, has to be mobilized. And they have this whole coordinated assault. It's very uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. where or or Mothra versus Godzilla, where you have this coordinated, tightly uh, mm-hmm. regulated assault. And and that's the thing. Like they do the whole like we're in position, can we fire? We're in position, yeah. can we fire? We're in position. Which they've they they cut out of all the classic movies because mm-hmm. I'm sure they knew that that's fucking boring <laughs> yeah. but when you but, do it in a certain yeah. way yeah this this movie makes a point is that like this is the system yeah. <laughs> this is how it works right i'm not so. saying that it's boring in this i'm just saying yeah. that like i'm sure ha- you would have if you would have suggested that to a shiro honda he would have been he would have probably said something in tune of that's fucking stupid get out of my office <laughs> um yeah. uh so like yeah they they launched this attack on godzilla he doesn't even he doesn't even react yeah he just stands there or he's he's kind of moving forward. He doesn't even like notice them attacking him. He's got his yeah. his dumb little arms and this little curled palms up pose, yeah. and he's like this juddering like tree. Yeah. And, and lumbering and, is a good adjective. <laughs> lumbering, yeah. Yeah. And just, um, just... and, I, and, and the and the effects here are pretty good. Like Godzilla himself yeah. even kind of looks like a guy in a suit, but like in a in a good way. Mm-hmm. And they specifically got a. 
Let me find his name here. They got a motion capture, uh, this one particular motion capture guy, to do the motion capture, and it is... Oh, damn. Um, I can't find it, his name, but he's a kabuki performer. Mm-hmm. And they wanted a guy who had this uh, kind of low-set stance and could move, the have these very controlled, kind of graceful, but still heavy-set movements. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. Um That'd be cool to get him to G-Fest. <laughs> oh, man, imagine him doing a signing alongside Nakajima. That would be cool. That would be cool. I'm, I'm having my fan, my <laughs> fan dreams here. But anyway, uh, Godzilla has no reaction to the military. And they unload on him, and they're, they're yeah. dead shots, too. Yeah, there was, like, not a single stray bullet. Yeah, they were, like, precise on point, yeah. Yeah, like like every bullet hit him in the face, every missile hit him in the crotch, which yeah. is smart. You know, you want to aim for the the legs and the face. Yeah, it just it was striking how different that was. Not so much from like a Japanese versus American military perspective, but from a Japanese versus American filmmaking perspective. Mm-hmm. Because if this had been, say, I don't know, a Michael Bay shoot, like oh, that would have just been rockets fucking everywhere it would have been yeah. all of this collateral damage it would have shown all of the buildings around like it would have shown everything missing at least once and everything around him being destroyed and sort of this like orgasmic yeah destruction <laughs> america but but in this particular scene showing the military hitting everything with an extreme precision i i honestly wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a reflection on like yeah, you're the military. You're in charge of the big guns. You better be able to hit a fucking target. <laughs> Especially it, a 390-foot-tall target. Right. Or if it was just cheaper to only focus, like, the explosion smoke effects on Godzilla and not try to realistically show any of, like, the compounding collateral damage. I, I think it was the, the, the former. The former, the fact that, like, yeah, the military is trained for this stuff. Right, they're trained to fight giant lizards. Yeah. No, I know what you mean, though. Like, yeah. they they are trained to well, be I mean, at this precise. Point, yeah, maybe they are. Yeah, sure. I mean, after all, as we learned from Dragon Wars, Los Angeles has a specific code just for giant dragon attacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is Los Angeles. That's true. Uh, go watch Dragon Wars sometimes, kids. Uh, or don't. Or don't. <laughs> Get the rough tracks. Um, anyway, uh, so... Um, and Godzilla, the only, I did notice that, like, it wasn't until the scene popped up online, but there's one reaction Godzilla actually has. He has this, you don't notice it until later in the film, but there's, if you if you see it a couple of times, he has this tiny nictating membrane, which is a um, secondary eyelid that flicks mm-hmm. over his eyes right mm-hmm. before uh, these uh, bombs dropped by these F-15s or something hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. The little membrane goes, like, right before it explodes. And um, I thought that was an interesting use of that because I see I see mo- monster movies using that a lot. Like Jurassic World, the Indominus Rex had that inexplicably. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sharks have that. Sharks sh- sharks have that. Uh, crocodiles have that. I think beavers. And cats. Do cats have a nictating membrane? Oh, yeah. yeah. Huh. That's weird. Cats are weird. Get them <laughs> out of my house. Um, no. Okay. Um... <laughs> So anyway, I just thought it was a nice little detail, and because um, he doesn't he doesn't blink in the whole film, except yeah. for that little, 
Yeah. Which is appropriate because Godzilla doesn't blink in a lot of his films. <laughs> those those animatronics cost money. Um, I could just imagine uh, asking Subaraya that. It's like, what am I made of money? Get out of my face! Get out of my office! <laughs> I think actually the movie gave it a good reason, although they didn't specifically say it. But the fact that like it used to be amphibious. Oh. Which is why, like in its in its sort of chicken fetus stage, like the eyes are just bugged out and like look really creepy. They look like fish it's, eyes. Yeah. yeah, fish eyes. Very yes, fish eyes because it was amphibious and it evolved from that. And the eyes didn't really change all that much in what in their in their structure, I suppose. And so they they remain like amphibious eyes. See, I'm mad because I wish I understood your weird moon language, so I could have actually. <laughs> I could have actually, like, really appreciate all these little details, because... You can appreciate them later. Okay, fine. Um, so anyway, like, yeah, it's... That's really cool. So, like, so so Godzilla, the whole time he doesn't react, except it looks like after they really blast the crap out of him, and there's, like, nothing but just a wall of smoke, it yeah. almost seems like he threw a bridge at them. Yeah. I don't know. Or kicked one. Or kicked a bridge at yeah. them, and... The bridge, like, like it crushes a couple of tanks. I think it lands on their base. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, like, yeah, they're like, oh, crap. That, like, that was not how this was supposed to go. Yeah, we were supposed to kill this damn thing. Yeah. And so Godzilla, like, just, just keeps rampaging across Japan, like, unimpeded. Eventually yeah. makes its way. I don't know where it winds up. But near near the center of, of metropolitan Tokyo. And so, like, they're, like, the government is, like... It's headed right for us. We're in danger. Everybody get out. Right. And so they start evacuating and, like, setting up a secondary base uh, much farther away so, <laughs> and out of the way of this thing so they, the government can continue to function. Right. And, and it's funny because uh, we keep calling it this thing and it because this Godzilla isn't really a character. Like, I had somebody on Tumblr asking me, like, how would you describe person Godzilla's personality in this film? And I'd mm. say... Uh, I would describe it as being a living force of nature. I would describe yeah. it as being not a character. Because yeah. Godzilla 2014, you know, he has personality. He has yeah. motivation. He's sympathetic, even though he killed a lot of people in Honolulu. Um, th but and this Godzilla had no sympathy for this Godzilla. It is purely yeah. an engine of destruction, and it is purely reactionary. Yeah. Um, and, like, once it moves into the center of town... The upper echelon of the government is moved on to helicopters and stuff. Yeah. And the uh, lower tier guys, guys like Yaguchi and the uh, his little task force, they're all sent to the underground bunkers. Yeah. You know, which you would think would be less safe. Bunkers? Or were they like train tunnels? I'm sure. Shelters. Or like, yeah, well, um, they were, yeah, yeah tra ahead. train train tunnels servicing as bunkers or, or shelters. Yeah. You know, it's like, you would think would be kind of less safe, but like, so, at this point, the Americans step in, and they, yeah. um... Are the worst. They are the worst. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, um, they bring in their, uh, uh, their stealth bombers, and they drop MOABs on them, which are yeah. mother of all bombs. They're the biggest, yeah. they're the biggest, the largest non-nuclear weapon in, the mil in America's military arsenal. Yeah. And they drop them onto Godzilla... And Godzilla, it finally hurt him. They wound yeah. him, and they break off a bunch of his backplates. And he finally roars and like, or, or screeches that classic 1964 screech. And then uh, that's when 
the atomic ray shows up. Yeah, and, and he unleashes quite literal hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. You're remembering it now, aren't you? Yeah, it's all coming back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. The, it, it's it's I, I knew it was I, you see it coming because his body his body starts to glow purple which he's never had purple breath before mm-hmm. and um, a lot of purple rain jokes I guess but um, and then he starts opening his mouth and I'm like oh here it comes and then his jaw splits that's where the movie is telling you no this is not what you remember <laughs> yeah because then he yeah. starts vomiting black smoke all over this center of town and was it like like superheated air or was it 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 wasn't really clear what it was it was just this like this gas but then he then he 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 ignites to ignite that right then he ignites later right he he ignites this blaze of fire right which then gets concentrated down into this laser blowtorch yeah just go beep this very Ava style, yeah. This this is super like laser beam sort of thing that just destroys everything. Yeah. Um, just go ahead. Oh, it was just like um, this is something I, I wanted to, to mention specifically. This podcast is that yeah. uh, <laughs> like the, the, when you when you see Godzilla's this Godzilla's atomic breath, it's not. It's not awesome. It's just like it is scary. It's it's like yeah. um, like I, I I told you this, but like when when the when the 2014 Godzilla like when he fires off his atomic breath, it's practically cathartic. It's like yeah. it's like this release is like oh yeah, you know it looks awesome and like you know yeah. how he uses it and it it feels like this release this really you know you know it's so they build it up almost. they build it up yeah. beautifully. And 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 you enjoyed it. It's just like this awe-inspiring awesomeness. But this Godzilla, it's just like it, when it starts, it like oh yeah, here it comes. And then when it hits, you kind of realize, oh, this is <laughs> this is this is oh like, no no, this is horrible. This is horrifying. <laughs> and it really hits home with that. Like you, it's like. I felt guilty for enjoying previous Godzillas. Ah! Like I like wow. I was like, oh, oh my! And yeah, I my jaw dropped in the theater, and I was I I was just dumbstruck by the whole thing. Yeah, it was it was very terrifying. Like like Matt and I were kind of so wrapped up in in what was happening on the screen and our own reactions. I have no idea if anybody else in the audience was reacting the same way, but like. When the jaw started to split and it became this purple laser beam of death, Matt and I sort of actively, like, squinched back into the backs of our chairs and we were just <laughs> making the most horrified, like, <laughs> faces and kind of yeah. looking at each other going, what is it? Why? Why is it? Why? <laughs> <laughs> why am it, laser? Um, and then on top of that, and that wasn't bad enough, Godzilla, it, he doesn't hit the... Um, he doesn't hit the the uh, uh, the, the self bombers. bombers because he doesn't have to. Because then he starts shooting lasers out of his back. Yeah. That was that was that ridiculous. Was, <laughs> that was very Ava. Like yeah. just yeah, that, that was unexpected. Like yeah. I could even get on board with the stupid scorpion tail laser, but mm-hmm. like the whole back- spoilers. 
Really? <laughs> really? Go ahead, go ahead. But At like this the point, backplate laser thing was just so over the top. Well, yeah. it was like Alan, our friend Alan, who saw the movie with us, pointed out that Godzilla has this. Um, Godzilla has this sphere of influence where, mm-hmm. like, and and the American they bring in these American experts at one point where they're like, okay, so anything that gets within a certain radius of Godzilla, he can shoot down with yeah. these back lasers. Yeah, and so I thought that was kind of interesting. Is like it was as as this is just more and more of him just evolving constantly. Yeah, and to take on different threats. And yeah, that that felt very very Evangelion ish, like this this automated defense system, where anything anything that it perceives as a threat that gets within a certain radius, it immediately shoots down. Right, so. and and I and I mean it just, I mean yeah, he just wastes this entire city center. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a great classic style scene of him walking through the city with it's all on fire, and he's got the fire belching out of his mouth, and. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's very much a reminiscent of this similar scene from 1954 where Godzilla is again he's walking he's walking through the city with all this fire behind him and stuff and it's a very haunting image yeah. and then and then after after and one of his errant ray blasts takes out the helicopter that has the the that has the prime minister and like a bunch of the higher up cabinet yeah. in it yeah because you always want to evacuate them all together in a clump. <laughs> What's what Independence Day did? <laughs> yeah, that that didn't work out too well for them either. Nope, it yeah. didn't. Well, you know, I mean, the the irony of it is that the higher echelon was had a priority evacuation, and the lower tier guys like Yaguchi, the younger guys, all got shuttered off to the um, the bunkers, and Godzilla's Aaron atomic blast just takes it out, takes yeah. out the prime minister, and. Uh, Godzilla destroys for a little while, and then he's apparently burned up all of his energy because he just stops moving. His body almost, like, crystal not crystallized, but it, like, solidifies, and he just stops moving. Oh, getting, sorry, getting, getting back to the, uh, getting back to the death of the Prime Minister, that was also, yes. I, I, my memory is kind of hazy, but if memory serves, like, that was a very Japanese way of killing the Prime Minister in that they don't have the shot where the prime minister looks out the window and sees the light coming. They don't right. they just they just say the prime minister is in this helicopter. They just indicate that and then the helicopter is destroyed. They don't even show the death. They just show the destruction. They don't they don't have that scene where like all the all the cabinet members are in the helicopter, the beam splits it and they're all consumed in flames and they all scream. They don't have that at all. It's just they're gone. Yeah. And that that felt like a very very Japanese choice to do. Which is interesting because some of the classic Godzilla movies, and even in some of the more recent ones, mm. they do have similar scenes yeah, uh, yeah. where where they actually do have interior shots. Like, um, although actually there is a um, in in Gator the Three Headed Monster, the uh, princess who also turns out to be from Planet Venus. It's a long story. Um, mm-hmm. She uh, is is taken out of the plane by some alien force and. Um, the plane she's in explodes because there was a bomb on it, but you don't see anybody dying or reacting to that explosion. Mm. But then later in Godzilla Final Wars, there is a moment where uh, there's a close-up of the interior of the plane of, uh, of Akira Takarada's character looking out the window, and then Rodan flies by and the plane explodes. 
Mm-hmm. So, but but then again, Ryuhei um, Kitamura is a very a, a Hollywood style director. Yeah, that that, that was, I was going to say yeah, that's a very Hollywood choice to do. Um, like the the choice to like not. Then not give any of the 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 people who died the cabinet members like a soliloquy, like right. not not the give you know say their final words just to not have like they gone. That's what <laughs> felt very old school Japanese. It's just like yeah. you don't get that chance. Like when when you get hit, you're gone. You don't yeah. you don't get to say you don't get to say that final give that final secret message that, that you know is the key to the solving the whole thing. You don't get that. You, yeah. You're dead, sort of thing. It's the end of that. Hmm. It's the end of that chapter. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's overall, it's a very jaw-dropping, very visually impressive scene. There's a lot of miniatures used as well, but it's mostly mm-hmm. CGI. And um, and then, you know, at this point, Godzilla solidifies, and he does, he's not moving anymore. And then we get to this next long stretch where yeah. there's no Godzilla, there's no action. It's yeah. the character's circling the wagons and trying to figure out what to do. And it's at this point that the Americans come in and say, look, we're taking this out of your hands and you can't defeat Godzilla. We're giving you two weeks to evacuate. Yeah. They, they calculate not- until like the time until it's going to, cause they, they figure out like it's expended its energy. Godzilla's expended his energy and now he's rebuilding. Like he's, he's recharging. And right. he's going to start moving again, and they figure out like they they figure out like the rate at which he's recharging his energy, and just like we've got a window of about two weeks before right. he's before he's on the move again. Right. So, yeah, and and then they said that like if he starts moving again, we're gonna nuke him or something like that. Like the Americans yeah. are basically like, we're we're gonna take this out of your hands, and there's this whole and there's a really visceral pal- palpable reaction. Uh, to the news that the Americans are going to drop nukes on Japan again. Yeah. And a lot of characters are very visibly upset by this. Yeah, It's a very visceral reaction. It uh, reminds me of like the reaction in like a Metal Gear Solid game. Like, like nukes! Metal Gear launches nukes! Like, the, <laughs> it, that's, a, that's a very Japanese saying, which I, of course, got from a lot of Godzilla movies, where the story will stop so that they yeah. can impress upon you what a big deal it is that nukes are being brought up. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a lot of back and forth and, like, and I wasn't clear on this, but, like, Patterson was kind of being egged on to kind of screw over Japan. Is that what happened? She wasn't being, well, it was was basically she was working under orders. And she, like, she... Was because it, it's that whole person on the ground getting orders from somebody in a in like in an office far away, sitting in a comfortable chair. That sort of thing is right. like. So she's she's getting firsthand what is going on, and yet she's getting these orders that all right, you know, jigs up. We can't do this. You know, we can't. You know, obviously the Jap- Japanese can't handle this. You know, this thing's a threat. We need to get rid of it. You know, we're gonna nuke yeah. it. You know, let them know. That sort of thing. So, right. she, yeah, she she was she was like definitely conflicted about the whole thing. Right, and that you know that was that was brought to fore, and of course, it's at this point we start getting in more American actors who mm-hmm. aren't super great. But no. you know, I mean, whatever, it's fine. 
it's the the point is that they need to be speaking English. It's a, for it's a Japanese film for Japanese audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the guy she was talking to in the plane or whatever, he wasn't too bad. He was a no, no. fairly he was a fairly decent actor. And he was basically telling her that like, although I I I think Morgan Allen and I were all giggling when <laughs> they were saying that she if she decides to help Japan stop Godzilla instead of using nukes. It could potentially cost her her future bid for presidency, and I'm just thinking <laughs> to myself, there's it's going to be a long damn time before anybody in America votes for a votes for somebody with Japanese descent. I'm sorry, yeah, that is shitty. But look at yeah. where we are now. Fucking Trump is going to be president, so, going yeah. to be, but going to be. <laughs> Hey, we can we can fulfill your dream of moving to Japan if that happens. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yay, Trump. Hashtag Trump for president. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, so but, bad. Yeah, but yeah, there were there was there was that scene where it's just like yeah, it wasn't necessarily to help, but like if she because she had orders to to get out, like you know, right. re- relay the message and and come back. But like if she goes against those orders and decides to stay. Yeah, she's she's jeopardizing. She she's leaving a mark on her record. So. Right, but like, you know, I just you know, it was just an it was an interesting series of scenes. But this was the point of the movie where I think you and I both, Morgan, were like, "Oh my God, get back to the lizard!" <laughs> uh, because I mean, you know, for us, it's a lot of it's a lot of dead time because we're just yeah. hearing, we're just hearing. Like we, we we a bunch of words we don't understand, so it just kind of in our brains it just becomes nonsense. And yeah. although I do notice that at a certain point they do crack the code and they yeah. figure out Maki's message. Yeah, which is the the genetic makeup of of Godzilla, like what, what right. sort of like how he's going to evolve, sort of thing. Um, and but what they what they figure out is that okay, this thing is a giant walking, you know, fire belching um, nuclear yeah. reactor. And it, as a reactor, it requires coolant because you know the heat. And it's and as they said before, like its blood acts as a coolant. Right. So like, they they theorize that if they can get its blood to coagulate and stop, the whole thing's going to shut down. Like it's gonna. Right. It, it's like basically going to pull the plug on itself. Um, yeah. And that that kind of becomes Operation Deep Freeze. Yeah. And so yeah. they need so and they find like like they develop chemicals to cause Godzilla's blood to coagulate, but they need a shit ton of it. And, right. Because, yeah, like, it's not like drop a single, you know, little syringe and then suddenly, you know, the monster stumbles and falls over. Just like, throw it at him. Yeah, um, we need a whole, whole lot of this, and so we need to employ a whole bunch of different facilities to help produce this stuff. Right. And then we need to get it shipped to here. And so it, it becomes a whole lot of, of just, uh, you know, engineering stuff and, like, you know, <laughs> the the sort of blue-collar, you know, get this stuff here, figure out how to, you know, who can produce how much. They can get this much and they can get it to here by here. And they what we need this much to get it to work sort of thing. Right. Well, that's one of the things that I really started appreciating about the film's tagline. And the tagline really is... The tagline is Japan versus Godzilla. Yeah. And... That really does become the theme of the film. It becomes Japan having to work towards this 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 goal, and everyone's got to everyone's got to do their part. And 
you know, you, you get the you, you get the blue collar workers who are moving stuff around, and you know, you just got to work on whatever whatever infrastructure is left. We have to put it towards stopping Godzilla, yeah. and it becomes this. Uh, I, I mean, I'm skipping a couple of things over. We've been talking for a while, so yeah, <laughs> much uh, longer than we intended. But right, right. Uh, uh, poor Morgan's looking pretty tired over here. You all right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's late. Um, uh, but anyway, so uh, the so they those they they know that Godzilla's starting to wake up. Like there are a couple of shots of his body starting to reactivate. Yeah. And what they do is they enact this plan to mm-hmm. e- exacerbate him into using his atomic breath again. Yeah. And to but- get him to defend himself so that he'll start burning up his energy. And, and have to go into, like, sleep and uh, low power mode again. Right. So he, uh, so what they do is they send, they, he, Godzilla is currently, like, what they, they do is they kind of lure him into this, what area is that? It's like a train, central train hub, right? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. one of the one major of the stations. stations. Yeah. Right. And so they send every train they have at Godzilla loaded with, like, C4 or something, yeah. and they just bomb the shit out of him with trains. Yeah. And of course, this is the moment where Morgan was saying that she wasn't uh, crazy about this music choice. I fucking loved it because it was a Fakube. And mm-hmm. it immediately started up with the, I think it was a Monster Zero March or something. This dun 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 And like, me and Alan and all the other Godzilla fans, you know, uh, uh, or at least the American Godzilla fans anyway, and I'm sure the Japanese Godzilla fans here are like, yay! You guys go <laughs> yep. get him! Um... It's the one point in the movie where I'm like, I'm actively rooting for Japan. Mm. And not to say that I wouldn't, but but just like, when a Godzilla fan watches a Godzilla movie, your brain is always a little, at least a little bit on Godzilla's side. Mm. Um, but this is a moment where I'm decidedly like, yeah, they're going to get him with trains. <laughs> and the, and the, they're going to drop buildings on him. Yeah. They they're just trying to pin him down. Like they draw, they sh- yeah. throw the trains at him, and then they're they're pinning him down with these buildings that are that, that they're that, dropping yeah. on him. Yeah, they yeah, they, they blow, blow up, up particularly like they they, they systematically, systematically blow up parts of buildings so that they'll collapse on top of him. Right, and it's such a clever idea, and like nobody's ever really done that in a Godzilla movie. This is an ending yeah. that I've never I've never seen anything like this in a Godzilla film, and they they really are using Japan and using the infrastructure against him. Because mm-hmm. then they drive out like, like a bunch of these cement injector trucks. Yeah. Uh, filled construction, with construction. Yeah, construct. They're basically construction cars and right yeah, stu- and stuff. Yeah, um, g- things with these gigantic, really, really long pipes that they right. use for like when when they can't position uh, a truck very close to where they need the cement to go. Right. So. And so they have these extendable hoses, and they just... And Godzilla is sort of, like, on the mat, so to speak. His mouth never really closes, so they just shove the hoses into his mouth and start pumping this chemical into his body. And he he gives as good as he gets. I mean, he, he puts up a good fight, but eventually the chemicals take hold, and... He he freezes over. He kind of crystallizes. Yeah, um, like, yeah. He com- basically his body completely shuts down the reactor, and the co- the, co- the the coolant takes its hold, and basically he freezes. Um, right. 
and this was the the whole the whole this whole operation was it's it was again it's it's a very non Hollywood thing is that like they spell out what they have to do. Right. They, they they say like we need we need these chemicals we need this much and we need to do you know we need to get it into his you know into his body by doing this like it's not one of those situations where like they spell it out and then something happens and then the plan fails but they have a backup and you know, right that that, that like thing, a last minute backup yeah that that, that whole sort of, sort of Scooby Doo thing where um, <laughs> which, which Martin always says where like that that trope where if they tell you the plan it's gonna fail. But if they whisper it where you can't hear it, it's gonna it's gonna succeed. That's the real plan. Yeah, and yeah. They never did that. Like the plan happens not exactly as they, as they were hoping because he th- kind of thrashes and moves a bit. But they yeah. adapt to that. And they just you know keep on more trains. With, yeah, with, with, with the plan and they and it works. Yeah, and, so... and, and there's no that last like oh no you know our plan you know. Our plan fails. We'll have to wing it and sort of like you know fly fly the plane into his mouth and then self destruct and sacrifice and then win the day sort of thing. It's no, the plan works. Yeah, <laughs> the plan I, does exactly what it's supposed to do. And that was, that's awesome. And I love that. It's almost it's almost a, a surprise twist in that way. Yeah. Like it, the um oh what was I gonna say? But like the thing that like oh crap I had something for this and I forgot what it was um. But when, you know, when they're, when this is, this is another example of like how, of how like Godzilla fans in America are going to have a hard time swallowing this. Cause yeah. I was hearing from some friends at G Fest before the movie came out that they had heard from some folks who had seen some advanced screenings mm-hmm. and, and all these people who had heard about it could com- all they were complaining about, they were just complaining about how like, oh, so I guess he just gets taken down. Like he, like they took down the Godzilla in 1998. I guess it's just like a 1998 style ending where they just use conventional weapons taking down. That nothing pisses off a Godzilla fan more than something <laughs> like that. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but it's an awesome ending. Yeah. And they they have this really cool, complicated plan that makes sense. And they didn't kill Godzilla. I mean, for all we know, he's just dormant. Yeah. And you know, there's a bit of a bit of a celebration. No, well, it's a very relaxed celebration because everyone's yeah. like, "Oh man, we we did it!" And yeah. but yeah, but we still have to deal with all this destruction right. and shit. And like another thing, big thing is the radiation is right. a, a bigger big point. Like because Japan has just come from the Fukushima reactor disaster, so right. that's also another thing. Not just like the nukes, but the fact that like this thing is spreading radiation wherever it goes. Right and yeah, that, that's also another big, big hot button issue that comes up in the movie. Right, which is something that I've noticed uh, American writers sometimes have a hard time grasping, or, or at least have a hard time remembering, because like, uh, I mean, because like even in Godzilla twenty fourteen, I mean Godzilla ninety eight, they established that it's a radioactive mutation. It's never really brought up again, but like, if this was a radioactive mutation. Everywhere the creature was crawling around would be incredibly radioactive. Yeah, it would be contaminating all the water supplies. Yeah. and then even Godzilla twenty fourteen, although they do make a point of radiation being an issue, the characters are all still stumbling around San Francisco with no radiation protection gear. Yeah. Um, with these three giant radioactive monsters fighting in the middle of the city. 
Yeah. And um, and that's not to say that, that the Japanese films don't fudge these rules as well. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely something to kind of play fast and loose with. But like, but even well, then, that, like, yeah, when, that, they do mention like uh, because like the main the main characters, the main protagonists, all because it's a movie, they have to be there. To, you know, they have to be on site. They have to be nearby right. to see the whole thing. But they actually specifically say it's like we're kind of in the danger zone. We're right. like we're getting exposed. Right, but the thing is that like they go, but we're going to do it anyways. And like they, right, they also because... say like the the people, the workers who are working the trucks, because right. those things have to be manned. Like, right, they're they're getting exposed. Like they're at ground zero. Right, they're going to die. Yeah, yeah. And I I thought that was like that was all part of the sacrifice of it. Yeah, and. Well, and, and I, I also like that they, um, so one of the things, I, I, it's a term I've coined that's the thing that bothers me in kaiju films is mm-hmm. standing on a roof syndrome. <laughs> it's, the end of the film involves the cast standing on a roof, watching the monsters do stuff. Yeah. And that always bugs me because it, it removes the characters from being involved in the plot at all. And it just feels kind of lazy. Like Godzilla 2000 had that problem. Mm-hmm. Godzilla vs. Mothra, uh, 1992 had that problem. I mean, in the original Mothra vs. Godzilla, they made a point that Honda didn't want the cast just standing around doing nothing while Godzilla fought the larval Mothras. Hmm. He made got the he and the screenwriter Sekizawa gave them something to do, which is to go rescue this group of kids who were kind of in a crossfire. Mm. And, you know, it was just, it was a great forward thinking on their part. But, like, after a while, Godzilla films sort of, it kind of became a trope for the characters to stand on a hillside or stand on a building and watch the monsters fight. Mm. And there's still entertainment value to be had in that, but it's still kind of boring. And, at least, at least from the character perspective, and... That's what I liked about the, this. There was a twist on this where they're standing on a building, but they are fighting Godzilla. Yeah, they're just doing it from about a mile away. <laughs> yeah, and which is about the only, which is about the minimum safe distance from Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big twist, the big thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they did the ending, and it's a fairly, um, it's a fairly relaxed, kind of nuanced ending. But yeah, well, well, before before you get into that twist, but also yeah. another another interesting thing is that the body's still there. Like yeah, in most yeah. kaiju movies, like you know, when the when the you know, obviously one of the one kaiju's fight, one of the kaiju dies, and then you know the other kaiju like slips into the sea and disappears or whatever. Yeah. But like with with this movie. The body, frozen as it is, is still sitting there right in the middle of Tokyo. Yeah, and they still have, and and they, it leaves a very you know the the atmosphere is that they still have to de- figure out how to deal with that now. Like, right? It's 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 it may be over, but it's not over over. Yeah, like we've we've stopped the immediate threat. We've had a victory. But we don't know how long this victory... It's kind of a hollow victory in a lot of yeah. ways because it costs a lot of lives and it... You know, it's a heavy it's a heavy cost. And even then, as I understand it, don't the Americans say, like, well, we won't nuke it, but if it starts moving again, we're yeah. going to nuke it. Yeah, there's yeah. like, okay, we'll, we'll back off for now, but, you know, we got our eyes on it. We, we you know, if anything goes and gets out of hand, we're coming back sort of thing. Right, exactly. And so... You know, and that's that's a that's a strong moment. It's a strong image of Godzilla just standing there in the middle of the city. 
Yeah. And then, you know, I guess I can go ahead and get into the twist. Yeah. Now, this is a big spoiler. Uh, I yeah. don't... Uh, this is something that not a lot of people know about. Um, there's a... And I don't think it's set up or anything. They do... They do... I think, actually, they do allude to this early on in the film. But there's a close-up of the end of Godzilla's tail. Yeah. And uh, it has these bodies coming out of it yeah it's like it's like like a, a, a almost like a blooming flower yes it's like coming apart and it's like it's got these somewhat humanoid because they've got like arms and heads and stuff but they're like coming yeah. out of it coming apart right and they have little godzilla back plates yeah yeah they're little like look like little godzilla people yeah and yeah it, it's almost akin to like a budding spore yeah, like, because yeah. they do allude early on in the film that Godzilla has the ability to self-reproduce. Yeah. yeah. And, but not in, like, a 1988 laying eggs sort it's of the, way. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they say, like, like some of the stuff, like, I, where he's been, like, there's there's tissue, and that stuff is still alive. Right, it could, what what that, I think, is almost a bit of a reference to is to, um... Frank, uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World and War of the Gargantuas, which mm-hmm. is, um, of course, classic Toho movies, that if the the Frankenstein lore in the Toho universe is that, just so for those who don't know, there was a Frankenstein, a Toho-produced Frankenstein movie about a giant Frankenstein that fought a giant dinosaur that came out of the Earth because it's Japan, and it's... Like, literally, like, that was the whole th- reason. Like, there was no reason for Baragon to show up in that movie. It's just Japan. These things are coming out <laughs> of the woodwork at this point. But, anyway, um, and in those movies, they established that Frankenstein, after Frankenstein's cells were exposed to radiation, it attained the ability, like, his heart, he was already an undying creature. Like, his heart was already immortal. Mm. But after being exposed to radiation, his cells could regenerate and grow new Frankensteins. That's what happened in War of the Gargantuas. They grew mm. into new giant Frankenstein monsters. Mm. So that's the whole thing is like, yeah, Godzilla's body is... It's more of a... It's more like the Borg. It's more like this hive body yeah. of like a colony almost. Yeah. And the tail is like unfurling into these... these these baby manzillas and that's such a weird i went up when that happened in the theater i i made this horrible involuntary face and turned around (laughs) to everyone around me and was just like what the what the what the (laughs) nani just like yeah Yeah. like i i couldn't deal i couldn't deal and and I and I'm just like, man. If they do make a sequel, I hope they work that into it somehow. Yeah. It's it's very yeah. It's a very uh, again uh, Hideaki Anno thing in that it's yeah. very like open ended in that like right. the, it's open to interpretation of just like just what is going on there. Just what is that? Because like at first like you know were they like people who were trapped in in Godzilla's tail no like yeah. that tail is gigantic looking at the size those would be giant people uh, but right. like you you can't really you can't really latch down you can't you, you could theorize which right. is what we're doing but there is no real like official word on no this is what happened and this is what's going on right my my buddy adam who mm-hmm. um uh, works for Universal Studios in Japan, he saw the movie and said to me that he theorized that um, 
Godzilla, you know, it being that it's constantly evolving, he was evolving an army to fight an army. Mm. And it was, like, gonna supplant the population of Japan with its own spawn or something. Yeah. And it's just such an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my, like, I was thinking that perhaps it was a self-defense mechanism that was activated when the body was shutting down. Some way to like just sort of like save itself by yeah. letting off these miniature cells or other cells that were that were basically the whole organism. Like it's it's not just as you said, not just like a singular organism, but it's made up. Like it's it's so mutated, it's made up of all these different stuff, and some of right. the stuff was trying to escape because the thing was falling, you know, shutting down. Right, and right like that—that was—that was one thing that I was thinking. I was also thinking, like as you said, like uh, as 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 your friend Adam said, like it was evolving uh, an army. It it was it was in the stages of something. Right, and I, like I have a feeling that I think it's funny because well, the thing I really appreciate about this movie is that it really challenged what I thought about Godzilla without insulting the concept of Godzilla, which is a problem a lot of people have with the 1998 movie. Now, I mean. I rag on the movie a lot, but it's not it's not an unwatchable, unentertaining film. It's 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 it, a it's a fine monster romp. It it just has the unfortunate fate of being titled Godzilla. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I think that my personal issues with it more come from Devlin and Emmerich's attitude because they were openly contemptuous of the of the Japanese films. Uh, I believe the quote was something along the t- lines of Godzilla is a great character that's never had a great film. Hmm. And it's like, wow, go fuck yourselves. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but like, but this is a movie, and I've, I've described it to people as being like, Shin Godzilla is, in a lot of ways, like Godzilla 98. It's a complete reinterpretation of the concept of Godzilla. Yeah. Except, whereas 1998 wanted to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and... Hmm just completely deny the heritage and and thought it was better for it. Mm. Godzilla 2016 takes everything, takes this takes this this core concept and says, how can we make this more interesting? How can we yeah. make this how can we take this in new directions while it's- yeah, it's it's almost shedding everything that it's built up over the years back to its original core in a way. Right, exactly. I mean, even Godzilla twenty fourteen, which was a very respectful and very and more well received, it was still a very traditional Godzilla setup. Yeah, like yeah. monster shows up, Godzilla shows up, fights the monster, leaves, and it just was, you know, kind of putting it in a new context, it being in America, and or rather being more of an international threat, of a global mm-hmm. threat. And um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how these two competing Godzilla franchises proceed forward, especially now that we have a damn animated movie coming out next year. Yep. yep. Yeah. Who's the, who's the director on that? I do No, not, not the director, the writer, the writer. I have no idea of the staff. I'm... <laughs> as, as I, I remember, I couldn't remember his name. Um, I, I, I can't remember his name, but he's a very prominent, um, a very prominent writer. He was the writer on, um, he was the writer on Madoka Magica. Oh, Urobuchi Gen. Yeah. Yes, I believe that, so. That thing you said. Um, mm-hmm. 
Uro, Uro what? Uh, Gen Urobuchi. Gen Urobuchi, if, 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 yeah. If, if you're th- th- talking about the person I think you are, yeah. Yeah, he was He was also the writer on Kamen Rider Gaim, which is why most people agree that Kamen Rider Gaim is the best. Um, oh, it is Urobuchi, you're right. Uh, he's the, he's the, he, he's the currently, like, he wrote Kamen Rider Gaim, which is considered, like, one of the best of the modern Kamen Rider series. Um, he's the writer on Madoka Magica. He is currently the writer on Thunderbolt Fantasy, which is a, uh, puppet-centric series about, uh... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, but it's set in, like, medieval China, which I think is really interesting. Yep. And it's all, but it's all done with puppetry and 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 effects like that. And I think it's a, I've seen a little bit of it, and it's freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> so that's really exciting. It's a, I gotta be honest, man. It is a hell of a time to be a kaiju fan. Mm. I mean, it is just like super rad because I lived through ten years of pretty much no Godzilla, and now I'm like yeah, more Godzilla we- than I can handle. We've got the 2014, now we've got the 2016, yeah. We're going to have one next year, and then I'm sure there's going to be another Shin Godzilla movie, and then there's going to be... Yeah, yeah, and then I'm sure that, um, uh, you know, we don't have Gareth Edwards anymore, but I'm sure they're going to grab a director pretty soon. uh, Gareth Edwards, of course, stepped away from the director's share of Godzilla 2, and Mm. uh, it's been... It hasn't been passed on to anybody yet, but... um, I'm pretty sure that Legendary is waiting to see how... Legendary Warner Brothers are waiting to see how Kong Skull Island does. Because, you know, they're mm. building towards this yeah. shared Kong Godzilla universe. I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost I'm certain sure. that this movie is going to influence Godzilla 2. Yeah, in some so? way. Or to, yeah, yeah. Just, mm. just because it's so... I, like, I... I, I, I I say it's so different, but it, but it, like as we said, it's it's going back to its roots, its 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 original roots, right? And it's also, but it's also doing some bold things that haven't really been done before. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice mix. Of, it's really a, one of the best ways you can reboot a franchise is yeah. kind of boil it down to its base elements and then try to find some new directions to take it in. I mean, that's yeah. you know that's how you do it, and. I'm excited. I'm excited for what we're gonna do. Well, we better we better wrap this up. Yeah, we, um, we, we, this was this was originally intended as a uh, one hour. Yeah, one and hour, we're, and we're, I'm so glad that to I, two. I think I really appreciate you sticking with sticking with us, sticking with me. Um, we're uh, we're gonna wrap up. So um, mm-hmm. I uh, I guess we'll go ahead and cut it off. Uh, Toshi, do you want to plug anything real quick? Um, well, at the moment, I am currently. Uh, Working as a writer for the site animenow.com. Um, I, I write there regularly. Um, I also am doing professional subtitling, but at the moment, I, while I, I can kind of talk about it with friends, I can't really go in depth publicly. So, Bummer. Yeah. Bummer. Well, I'm sure that that's exciting either way, because I know that. Um, you, uh, I've heard you talk about it, and you're very excited about that. So I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I also want to thank uh, Morgan for being here for the podcast. I was definitely present. You were present. <laughs> well, you know it's late. <laughs> um, Sorry, no, Morgan. but uh, what's that? Sorry for keeping you up late, Morgan. No, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. No, it's my fault. I'm the monster <laughs> here. Uh, uh, point that at me. 
Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and um, well, hopefully, I can get Morgan on other podcasts in the future, but maybe a little earlier, and you know, maybe just well, well what I'm hoping we can do is is that you and I can do um, stuff based on more quickly mm. after, like, because this is about four weeks since we've seen Godzilla, yeah. so we're I'm hoping that. Uh, now you and I can maybe do some stuff where we could watch a movie together and then uh, almost immediately talk about it, or at least a day oh, later talk that. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We're no no solid plans yet. Um, and uh, for those of you listening uh, and have stuck with us this two hours and seven minutes, give or take, um, <laughs> uh, uh, you can hear me on uh, occasionally on oneofus.net, very sparsely if I'm not doing this. Um, but you can also hear me pretty much every week on RageSelect.com. Uh, we got some exciting stuff coming up for that. Um, mm-hmm. We're currently in the middle of our Bioshock Infinite uh, Let's Play, mm-hmm. which is hilarious and horrible <laughs> because we are being wildly insensitive to all the characters. And um, uh, oh, and uh, let's see, uh, uh, Godzilla Rage Across Time just came out. Uh, I did hear over the weekend that um, there was a shipping error with Diamond and oh. my cover is very rare and hard to find. Mm, brings up the Shocker. price. <laughs> brings right. up the price, but oh, Diamond messing something up? Oh, I've never heard of that. Uh, right? I know. Right. It's wild. Man, man, dogs and cats living together. Mass, Mass hysteria. hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've got, um, if that is out, you can find out with Bob Eggleton's beautiful cover, and, uh, you know, I heard that they are putting out more of my cover, uh, and I want to thank Toshi for all of his help. He... He helped me with the sound effects, um, <laughs> which I hastily scribbled onto uh, my sketchbook, took a picture of it, sent it to the letterer, who then transcribed that directly from a crappy cell phone camera. So thanks, Chris, for doing... <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. Like, I couldn't believe he actually could do that. Um, and uh, Toshi uh, also uh, helped me with these um, Japanese, uh, like, little boxes that are in the panels that kind of explain in the old style of the ukiyo-e prints, kind of what's happening in the scene. If anybody is wondering what those little boxes say that are in Japanese in the book, it's what's happening on the in the page. It's like, <laughs> Godzilla engages Gigan and Megalon. That's what that says. Um, so anyway, so thanks again. Whoop, oh god, almost tripped over the wire. Um, I appreciate that, and uh, see you guys uh, next time. I'm probably when I next time when I come back from Japan, which will probably be in October. God help me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. All right, bye. Bye. bye.